0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Well, here, 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 we know your name. Uh, This is Tom Hayes, and I am here in Beantown, USA, um, ready to rock and roll um, and do a a, a phenomenal show today. We have, uh, July 26th, I can't believe the, the time is flying like this, but we have... Two authors and an illustrator, and tons and tons of fun. But as always, always, no show, no Beantown Pal show, would be complete without our amigo, amiga, amiche. I don't know how you say it in the comments, <laughs> but all the way. In fact, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm just searching through the, the studio here and you know, on my uh, uploads, and we got to find this man needs needs the absolute best in 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 a uh, introduction. So let's start with this.
2: Yeah,
3: okay. <laughs>
0: That's it. No other. No other. than Yes. Go on. Yes. Come Yeah. look at На it. mamma Second stanza. Oh boy. Il jamì e kudattare mamma is svais vena zembasco petta mala den malatte di is cuppette e la 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 di love e shervite battala
1: I just, I just love that so much. I hate to shut it off. <laughs> I'm gonna like it <laughs> It's a nice song.
3: It makes you wake it up puts in the you morning. It's good? good
1: for you. It's a good. We get it, the words out. You know. We, now we, we keep promising that we're going to learn it, but life goes by, and we sit here every week, and we just sound like idiots.
3: Well, I got, I got, I, I just I kind of say i them fast enough. Ilaluna <laughs> <Lancaster erase> <laughs> luna, mezzamare, mamma mia, mermaidari. Figlia mia, a mamma mia, Russian fool. That's an easy, huh? See? Yeah, see, see. And gentlemen, how come you? You feel ah, good today? Ah,
1: molto bene, molto bene. Oh, we have big barely show barely today. Barely. We have, yes, we have. Cat Michaels, the author of Fuzzy, Finding Fuzzy, fuzzy. it's a fabulous fuzzy. story. And uh, fuzzy stuff we, sometimes <laughs> growing on my legs. <laughs> well, yes, and I have a uh, 15-year-old Russian grandson who just came back from Russia after a, a little time away, and um, I looked at his fuzzy. legs the other day, and I asked him to take off his socks, <laughs> but. He didn't have socks on. You know, he was uh, oh,
2: well. You know, Russia—they the have to,
1: they have to, they have to—they <laughs> have to grow it to uh, get through those winters. It's pretty harsh up there.
3: It's a nice. I visited Russia many years ago. It was in, in the old days, uh, before the wall came down and all that kind of stuff. It was. A, it's a beautiful country. So, um, you know, it's in my part of Europe. A little bit. Little, a
1: little bit. That's right. A little
3: far That's right, even,
1: for me, but uh, it was a nice place. Yeah, yeah. but a beautiful uh, place. Yes. Well, um, what do you say we do a little, uh, keep the Italian mood going a little bit um, with a, a little more Louis Prima here. Uh, here we go. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> now, like I, I can Prima. see you. I can see okay. you.
0: Uh, uh, I I, I, I hope that you are,
1: I hope that you are, I can see you now, dancing around your bean pot, you know, holding your hand, one hand up high, the the other
3: one,
1: right, right, the other one to your uh,
3: chest,
1: with your imaginary senorita, and you play and sing and dance with this one, let's go,
3: (laughs) that sounds good to me prima.
1: <laughs> how beautiful, how romantic. <laughs> how
0: beautiful, how romantic. Veda, to good night to Napoli. <laughs> <laughs> in the morning, San we will go walking. In the middle of going walking. There's all the sun coming to say. Hey. And by the little Jewish shop, we'll stop and leave you. While I buy a
1: wedding ring. Oh.
0: Oh, well, yes, we love <laughs> 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 you. Me- oh, <laughs> <but laughs> sera, senorina, kiss me goodnight. kiss me goodnight. Here we go. go bon it is time to say goodnight, so now believe.
2: So it's hard
0: for us to whisper on a set I up. I my bed, I with bed of roses. We're that old love, the Mediterranean looking sea. Looking out the window and the oh, In the <laughs> morning, San you know, we'll go walking. Where the mountains of the sun come into sight, and by like, oh. the little children's shop, we'll stop and linger. While I buy a wedding ring For your big oh, 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 oh. And it's a deep time, Let's begin and linger While I buy a wedding ring for your finger In the meantime, let me tell you that I love you Bono sera, senorina Kiss me goodnight night. <laughs> <Buona> sera. <laughs> sera,
2: senorina Kiss me goodnight oh, hey. Senorina, Kiss me goodnight I know you've a
0: little song
1: Yeah! Bravo, Woo! bravo, bravo, <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Boy, can catch. Yeah. Louis Prima rock it, huh?
3: This is so nice. He's a, such a good... He was a bigger star for many years. And now there's kind of like a resurgence, like he's a coming back, even though he's no longer around. But people, his the music is being rediscovered by a lot of people. He was very unique, you know. I met him in Las Vegas many, many years ago.
1: There was, was a movie was all around the Lee fact that, like, waiting for Godot, they were waiting for Louis Prima to come to the restaurant. Okay. I must That's... must find, or must Google that and find that, and next week we'll tell everybody what that fabulous <gasps> that... movie was. It was just one wonderful. Of Thinking about food in Italian, what do you think? Should we go to, uh... we haven't been to Mama Faccioli's in a long time, have we?
3: Oh, let's go, Mama Fagioli. You know what happens every time I go to Mama <laughs> Oh Yeah, well,
1: it's, oh, it's, it's a
3: good place. You see with the broccoli always it gets to me every time.
1: And <laughs> the car. <sighs> forget. Oh, boy, here we go. Bucky and Betty Well, and boys Mama and girls, Fagioli. this is a big evening in Beantown. Bucky and Betty have been friends for four years tonight, and they're going to Mama Fagioli's to celebrate. Let's tune in and see what happens.
4: Well, Betty, here we are. What do oh, you think? Oh, it's so beautiful here. Yeah, it's just a romantic... I picked the most... You know, it's been four years since we've been friends. Fred,
5: oh, Bucky, we have had some really fun times together.
4: Yeah, you know, and, you know, there's a point when, you know, in the relationship, I realize, Betty, you know, after a little while, you know, these as the relationship moves ahead or it kind of falls behind, but, you know, there's so tonight I wanted to make it really special. Look at them. So what do you think of the candles?
5: Oh, they're, they're really nice. And, and, and Lucky, I got to tell you, thank you so much for bringing me here tonight. Well,
4: I picked this night because this is the night, as you know, this, yep. is, a, this is the special night in Bean Town where Mama Fagioli makes her spicy, extra spicy pasta fagioli and you know what happens then oh it sure do that's when everybody lets the wind go free yeah and they got the ninos a lot they let off steam yeah (laughs) oh Oh. this place will be a gas in a little while it sure will this is a (laughs) Yes. This
6: is like the fireworks in a restaurant. Oh,
4: yes. Fireworks coming
6: from <laughs> well, the wrong end, well, right, Bucky? Ah, yeah, well, you know <laughs> they'll be looking in the sky tonight. Well,
4: it's just the be beans expressing themselves as well. He what? It is. Wait, just let's get a little quiet and see what we can hear. Well, oh, Oh Wow! wow the
6: fireworks are going off yeah, in
4: whoa, this place. Yeah, <laughs> well, wow. look, listen to that guy. Wow. Hey Betty, I tell you what, uh, you know. Uh, you try. I, I, I'll Okay, I'll, I'm gonna. You, you don't mind if I go first? No. Oh. You sure you don't want to go first? Oh, uh, oh wait, I, I feel one coming on. Okay, you go ahead. You, Ooh, you go it? first. there it goes. Okay. Whoa, wow. Betty. Wow. Oh, wow, I feel really good. Yeah, well, you know, that spice is acting up on you, isn't it? Bucky, your turn. All right, let me see. Let me see what I can do here. Let me see. You know, we don't get to do this often, so it's okay. on once a year. It. Yeah, once a year. Let me see. Well, what do you... Here we go. Ready?
2: Yeah. Oh, what? oh
4: Bucky, that one sounded really Thank good. Thank you very much, Betty. I'm pretty proud of that I'm gonna one. I'm going to try to do, do a tough. double one. You're going to try a double? Yep. All right, go ahead. You'll go, go for it, Okay. Wow! Well, wow! That was good. That almost sounded like a little say, bit of music I added see to it. You're did you hear that little squeal at the end? Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's uh, that was quite a quite a twist. I oh mean, wait, what's that? What?
6: Oh, the waiter! You yeah, really who, good That was one. a little
4: close, uh, pal. Pal, <laughs> I don't think he really had to go to be that close to us when he did that. You know? Wow. Oh gee, you really? Hey, so what do you think of? The, I know this. You know the violin sound is kinda of mixes in well with Yeah, all because of
6: this it's like
5: popping and, and Hey Betty, the I got so- I got
4: something for you. You know, I know that you've been kinda of hitting around but uh, <clears throat> I already had it here under the table so you it would be a surprise. T- oh, yeah.
0: Bucky, are you giving me my favorite
4: I know you've been the world. I've always wanted a
6: friendship phrase, I know
4: you've been asking for the friendship phrase. Now, I just, don't, I just want you to be prepared. You know? don't, I don't Wait, want before
6: you, to you give it to me, Bucky, what? I got something for you. Listen what? to this. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> <Video>, man, <laughs> that. Wow. That's like silver so maniac. Oh, let that
4: one rip. Boy, oh boy, I'm proud yeah. of you, Betty. you know
6: Not very often you can bring a friend uh, out.
4: You and, know. and let it rip. Yeah, this is good. Okay, so takes, speaking about rip, why don't you... You just go ahead rip open this it's a little heavy let me get this yeah. okay there you go betty just kind of
6: oh it's a little bigger it's than awful big
4: yeah it's big well, Bucky, that's...
6: that that looks like a hubcap to a
4: spoon yeah, well it's a rim what they call it a, a rim
0: rim yeah well we're gonna
6: Bucky, it actually, you got it signature from Randy.
4: R- Randy the Rocket. Remember him? He was the champion spoon oh, so racer for Bean Town for years. Well, this is his cap. rim. This is his rim to his phone racer. What do I do?
6: Hang it on my wall? No, no.
4: We're going to make a bracelet for you out of this. How bit, bit. are you
6: going to do that, Bucky? We're, we're, we got
4: welding torches down at the, the, the garage, and be, Boss has promised to help me and Batty, and we're going to do it. What's, what's the matter, Betty? You don't look so happy. Whoa. Oh. Well you know, and well it's the extra parts. We're gonna make maybe like some earrings and things, you know.
5: Bucky, then that Well Bucky, you know, I I'm, Well how am I gonna show my friends a friendship
4: bracelet? It doesn't
5: look like a friendship bracelet. It looks well, well, like you a, you have imagination. Friendship. Just, a friendship. A friendship
4: with Rocky. Okay, but well, Betty, I'm just just try to bear with me on Randy,
6: this. what's his name? Rocky Randy
4: Betty, Betty why don't you rasco Why don't you just eat more of your soup, okay? And we'll talk about this a little later.
1: Hey, boys and girls. <laughs> well, I certainly wasn't expecting that, were you? Boy, those beans really know how to celebrate, don't they? Hey, stay tuned. <laughs> Boy, I don't know
2: if I don't know if they're ever going to be a
1: big big communication problem there. You know, well, except when they were, you know, doing the, the little dance with the on the sound effect the fireworks they were they were on well, cue with know,
3: that Well, you know the mama is always like that when you go you know some people you got to get used to that kind of thing when all those beans you know what do you but, think about you know?
1: right but Bucky buys for for four five what was a 5 year anniversary he uh, buys her a, a rim from a tire and he's going to tell her he's going to well, think you know, he's a, he, it's yeah, well, counts,
3: you know. I mean, but yeah, well, it's, it's near and deal. dear
1: to him, but I don't think Betty was really excited by it, do you?
3: Well, you know, no, I don't think so. She certainly didn't sound alike, <laughs> but you know, they're such a good friends, and they, they when they get together, all kinds of things happen, it seems. But that's why I we'll love get them over. both.
1: Nice to yeah.
3: That's right. Well, I think they well have speaking of cars. I think Yes,
1: Speaking of cars, here we go. we got a
4: little commercial here. Hey, this is Bucky from Beantown. Hey, are you in love with your car? Well, you will be if you go to the Albrecht Auto Group, Infinity of Norwood, Marlboro Nissan, Milford Nissan, Marlboro Auto Body, and any Woburn Foreign Motors location will bring you to the Albrecht Auto Group, proud sponsors of Beantown Pals. And when you leave the lot, you're sure to be in love with your car. This is Bucky from Beantown. Maybe I'll see you there.
3: Uh, Wow. Nissan is a good
1: car. I have a Nissan. One of my
3: cars is a Nissan. Of course, I've got the Lamborghini as well, but I have a Nissan. And I got it from those people. It was a good car.
1: Yes, it's called, like, maybe the, yeah, I hear they're coming. No. Lamborghini's coming out with a new model, the Pasta Fagioli. That that's God, going to we'll be a be, very yeah, fast and loud, a little loud. They're working gas, on the loudness. Going A
3: gas-powered car,
1: a gas. not gasoline. No gas. Like yeah, you bring like your nothing, own gas.
3: You know, it's just a. Uh, yes. It's kind of self-propelled. You know. You yeah, have a little uh, spot well. and. Uh,
1: hey, you, you know, know I, I still feel uh, like a little. I I haven't got my fix yet on the Italian thing. What do you say we do another one? Oh,
3: right. I
0: don't like Italian. I love Italian music. That's where I come from. The native dances and a charming song. But wait a minute. Something's wrong. Come down Hey, Mambo, Mambo, Italiano. Italiano. Mambo, Mambo Italiano. Italiano. Mambo, Italiano. You mix up. Oh, Y'all brother do the mumbo like a trippy river. Hey mumbo! Don't wanna die to Hey mumbo! No more, I'm a tarera. Hey mumbo! Mumbo! Italian, I'll try and enchilada with a fish of bacalala. Hey mumbo! Oh. I love all the the tricks are you doing? The rumba. Between some other spices. Pisano, bladder nine to mumbo. If you're gonna be a scream you're gonna anywhere hey me. Like Hello <laughs> you get happy in the pizza on You get happy in the pizza when you mum Italia you get happy in the when you Hey,
1: how beautiful is uh, your language? Your language ends it's, it's, a, it's, a deep it's deep. the
3: it's the you know, it's the it's the uh, it's the language of lovers.
2: poets uh
3: operas. It's a, it's a beautiful language. It's a I'm, I'm <laughs> in a good
1: a mood hit hit you, you... you
3: know, in the fifties. I don't remember who sang it, well, not the man who was just singing. I don't know, it was Lou Monty or
1: Julius Lowe. Yes, yeah, Lou Monty oh, sang it, and then Dean Martin sang it. Dean yeah, uh, Martin sang it,
3: through sure. My yeah, show. yeah. Well, you know, you know, well,
1: you know it's, um, we keep saying, that, oh, but we have to tell people our guest call-in number if we've got guests out there, 347-996-3903. That's 347-996-3903. And the Beantown Pals website is dot bean town Pals b e a n t o w n p a l s dot com that's pretty simple ah. and uh, you know it's hey. we always said that we want to wish all of the listeners happy birthday okay <laughs> i guess i want happy to wish birthday. them happy birthday right after dinner
0: Today is your birthday. Go kids, rock it. Yeah, it's your day. It's your
1: birthday. Happy
0: birthday. But dancing now...
1: <laughs> Go kids, it's your birthday. Yep. We all wish happy birthday to hey. Joanne.
0: Hey. Yeah, and a happy birthday to Marty. And a happy birthday to from. And a happy
1: birthday to Elliot, and Arlo, and Kevin. Enzo, do you have any we want to wish happy birthday to? Yes, I want to say happy birthday, uh, first birthday
0: to Christmas yeah. in the world. Have a good day in a world. It's like uh, 190
1: Fabrizio. So, anybody whose birthday it is out there today, we wish you all a happy birthday and uh, a lot of cool things happening here. We're going to go down and do a little news segment to find out what's going on in the news.
3: Oh, wait, i got to tell you what happened at the upper house a two or later. Oh, talk
1: know,
3: it to big us. Night.
2: Last night
3: was a bigger night. Yeah. Now, oh, we had the grand opening last night of uh, the famous Italian opera by Giuseppe Bebbe, one of one of our gubas from the old country, and uh, it was Aida. And Aida is ah. a big, a big opera with animals and camels and, a, and lions and tigers. But this wow. one was very interesting. The cast was 150 great Danes. <laughs> this is the kind of cast was dogs. It's the only opera company made up entirely of Great Danes, and they did all these, like the Triumphal March from Aida, it went like, <laughs> it was a magnificent. Everyone stood at the end and applauded and applauded, and then I realized that they weren't really applauding. They were like a scratching all over because I think it was, they, they got in the fleas. But other than that, it was a it was a brilliant, a brilliant to see over 150 great Danes putting on this magnificent grand opera. And the audience just couldn't sit still in their seats, but because of the fleas, but they seemed to enjoy it. I don't know if I have the back again, but it was only one of one time only. It was uh, it was a very good show. They had all the oh, on, how, you know.
1: The, how many members of the audience? How many members of the audience were disappointed when when they read Danish, and they thought they were going to eat? That was,
3: yeah, well, the problem was uh, the people in the uh, cheaper seats, uh, see, when see? When, you, when you got the good seats, you know, when you got the good seats, you got a free collar when you walked in, but if you didn't <laughs> pay for the good seats, then you had to kind of take your own chances, and some of those people, were they weren't mad, they were just a little itchy, but they show was good, you know, you don't see dogs that do end up very often, oh, they were delightful. Well,
1: and well, they, they, don't,
3: they, the, uh, work, they work for right little money. I, don't, I hate to be rude to talk about it. Well, money it sounds the like opera,
1: the, the, the Marx Brothers did a movie called The Night at the Opera. That sounds more like the oh, Marx Brothers. It uh, could
3: be. I said it's such a funny movie.
1: The great like you know. well, that, James. That's
3: such a
1: cool movie. Wow. That's exciting. exciting. They made tiny
3: costumes for the dogs. You know, they were beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> you can say, well, I don't know.
1: I don't know if there's a new story out there in Beantown that can top that one that's uh great like I was quite a. To- Talk about! I mean, I could I could see it right on the stage. I could see them all yeah. well-behaved Danes. I hope they were trained like oh, a dog well, show. So. Yeah, occasionally, they Obedient. sometimes
3: they made a little mistake over on the side of the stage. But they didn't develop. <laughs> okay, that, they make a little mistake, and uh, we just, you know <laughs> we just lower the lights in the part of the stage. But it was the orchestra was not too happy. The orchestra is so close to the stage, of course, uh, they began to, to scratch earlier than everyone else. You know, but uh, well, you know.
1: It's, it, well, you we know the, for your
3: the you suffer for your
1: art. You know, well, we know that the uh, that they can, uh, Great Danes can howl really well.
2: Oh yeah, oh
1: yeah, yeah. do yeah. we well, we'll make a you little know. news, a little news oh, story? Oh, i love to maybe, hear the news. before our I guests love get here. Intel news. Sure. Okay, let's. Okay. Well, actually, let's let's do a couple of ads. You know, a little... Here we Hello, Jose, Jose
4: Olay jumping beans for Ted's trampolines. Want to jump like a jumping bean? I recommend one of Ted's trampolines. They are on sale now. So hop on down, jump on down, come down in your spoon, but however you get to Ted's trampoline, you're going to jump like a professional jumping bean. Jose Olay.
1: Wow, I got to get down there and get myself a trampoline. Are you looking for a true bean experience? Try Benny's Bean Bags, a perfect way to wrap up a long week. Grab a bag, hang out with some really cool beans, and relax. Wow, sounds like bean a cool Bags place. Bean Chopra mm-hmm. for Gandhi's Candice. Looking for a trans experience? Looking to reach a higher bean? Your inner bean? However bean you want to be? Try Gandhi's Gandhi. So sweet you think you died and go to heaven. Bean Bag Chopra for Gandhi's Gandhi. <laughs> Boy, that bean pocky's into everything good. these days. Yeah. Got a spoon, me. men involved in a mishap, wrecked or scratched. In need of an estimate or a quote. Been there, done that. Come down to Honest Abe's Auto Body. We'll set you up so you can do it again.
2: <laughs>
4: Bernie Rilstein Dave. here at the law offices with Boinstein, Beanstein, Goldstein, Silverstein, and Boinstein. Have you been involved in an accident? You got headaches, you got backaches, you got toothache, you got any kind of ache, looking for a good settlement. Don't be a victim. We'll get you back on track.
3: Come on down.
4: We'll see you there at the law offices Bernstein, Bernstein, Silverstein, Goldstein, and Bernstein.
3: I know that company very well. They they (laughs) specialize in Smith and
1: Paul. Smith and Paul
3: and Dogabite.
1: They're a very good company, a very good oh, company of lawyers, excellent. Of I mean, they never the lose in, those know. guys. Right
3: on the window? Slip and a fall, yeah. a dog bite. We do it all. It's a good place. Well, you know,
1: to... it's te- it is it is now ten thirty, and uh, our guests will be arriving soon. And again, it's
2: ah,
1: uh, oh. the, um, we're honored. Two two authors and an illustrator. Ah. And I see the phone is starting to, to light up here, the, the board here. Big at the time thing, of show but,
7: today. Big time start. Yeah,
1: well, let's it's give them... It's a big them, time show.
7: Let,
1: it's a very big time show, but let's Ooh. give them a little bit uh, of uh, musical. We like to do that uh, introduction, and then we'll, we'll bring them in. We're going to have Cat Michaels and Lee and Kate Sheeran. I hope I'm pronouncing Sheeran properly, but uh, here we go. Just a little musical introduction. sing this one? Yes.
3: This
1: is a well, there's nothing like Wagner, Wagner, not Wagner, Wagner, to bring in ladies <laughs> of distinction here. You <laughs> 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 should see the switchboard. You should see it light up as, as the song progresses here.
2: I'm <laughs> putting my helmet on. I'm
3: coming out. I'm getting yoga. I
1: don't keep on well, getting yoga. <laughs> well, we, you're yeah, we on. You're we, we on. We just hope we, we're just doing, giving you the right introduction of when we're getting anxious. No. <laughs> yes, we have. There we go. Now, and, and let's, you know, we have to cap it off. All uh, right. Zone. We have to cap it off with I hope you don't get offended. Right, let's let's go with this. <laughs> gentlemen, all the way from North Carolina, from upstate New York and New Hampshire, we have Cat Michaels, Lee and Kate, am I saying Sharon properly, ladies?
2: Yes, that's it. Hello?
1: Come on, we're on the air. Hey. Don't be bashful. Yes, we're here, we're here, can you hear us? Buongiorno, ladies,
6: buongiorno.
3: Yeah,
1: well, stay hi, say hi to Enzo Candelini, our, our opera maestro here in Beantown. Hello
5: Enzo. Hey. Enzo. Good morning.
1: Hi, Enzo. <laughs> hey, it's a nice day here. Yeah. Hey, well, listen, I I'm going to let uh Cap, do you want to kind of be the leader of the gang of the, uh, the 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 amazing author illustrator team? I'll
5: be glad to. Yes. My pleasure. All right.
1: Well, well, great having you here. Thank
5: this you. This has been a long Thank time
1: you. coming. You know, we've been uh, we've been planning this for weeks, months, whatever, and finally That's the right. time is here. now, now you are you excited? I hope.
5: Oh, of course we're excited!
3: I was dancing <laughs> my and earlier.
1: <laughs> oh well, let me let me do this. Can I read a little bit about you? so the audience understands who you are? All right. Okay. About the author. All right. Kat Michaels started writing stories in fourth grade and hasn't yep. stopped since. After an, earning an MS degree in special education from the University of Kansas, Kat spent two decades helping students from kindergarten to college reach their potential. She also managed communication and employee development programs for an international high-tech company. After recession yep. and downsizing, boo, hiss, Yes. She returned to her education route, serving at a community college as a writing coach for students with Asperger's syndrome and learning disabilities. Huh. Kat and her family live in North Carolina, where she designs playful gardens, dabbles in all things digital. I like that, and hmm. writes. And that's that's Governor uh, Enzo. A little applause for Kat. Well, I'm <laughs> a, I'm <laughs> impressed with that resume. There there. Bravo, uh-huh. bravo. Interesting life. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Well,
1: that that kind of sets the, the stage because the the other connections come from that uh, time at the community college, correct?
5: That's that's correct. Lee and I got together when we were working at the same community college in Raleigh, North Carolina. And Lee, I think it, we we kind of met through book clubs, so there's always been a bit of bookishness between our dealings with each other as well. Um, I was yeah. And Lee was a wonderful culinary um, arts adjunct and doing wonderful projects for the culinary program. And our offices offices were next to each other. I was supporting um, students with learning disabilities and Asperger's syndrome as a writing coach. So we just kind of you You
1: know, for those of us who don't know, explain Asperger's syndrome.
5: Asperger's syndrome is a type of a cognitive, I don't like to say disorder, a cognitive challenge where individuals have issues picking up social cues or expressive language. Um, Often it's very difficult for them to know the appropriate ways to socially interact. You know, for instance, I was talking with a young student about uh, my love of the beach and I was going to the beach and it was October and he couldn't understand that it was okay to go to the, ocean after summertime. So very concrete, very literal, um, tough to pick up social cues, but smart, smart, smart and smart.
1: I hate for interrupting, but you just described (laughs) Enzo. So and he 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 borders on other other abnormalities. Uh, so be careful. He will just blurt things out. Thank goodness, it's I, not correct. My brother
3: in law has an Asperger's, uh, and uh, uh, he said, uh, you know, most not most, but a good many really high-functioning Asperger's uh, uh, men and women. Uh, are in uh, interesting professions. They usually uh, like lawyers, or accountants, or engineers.
5: That's uh, true. Absolutely, and they, and they yeah, want to exactly. do well. They're they're bright, and they just need a little extra help to get there. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. he's a tough to talk well, to sometimes.
3: phone, but he's a brilliant guy.
1: Well, you know, the, again, so I, I talked about the community college, and that sounds the the work is phenomenal that you're doing. And, I, and when we talk about your book, but that's how you met Lee. Because we want Lee That's to talk correct. too. Lee, how are you?
6: I'm
1: good. How are you? <laughs> we are fantastic. I am so honored because we've never had a show. First of all, with two terrific authors and an illustrator to join, but even more so, one of Enzo Enzo's primary prime motivation in life when he gets up in the morning. What do you think of first? Um, you know, after some of the essential things we all have to do, and so you're always thinking what?
3: I want to breakfast right now.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, I, well I we have a phone. Because... <laughs> go ahead, Lee. We have Lee is I, I, a. Go ahead.
6: I, I get up in the morning, and the first thing I think about is what I'm going to make for dinner. So. <laughs>
3: Think about and, and, that until halfway through breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> well, but Lee,
1: but Lee gets to do it because all she has to do is go out into the uh, farm because she owns a farm. Oh,
6: nice. Yep.
1: Right, Lee?
6: Yes, yes, yep. You, right you want to tell us central,
1: about
6: the, Go ahead. Right up here in the North Central New York, right at the foot of the Adirondack Mountains. My husband and I oh, have a beautiful, all sustainable farm. Yep.
1: Mhm. Beautiful. Oh, nice. Now, so in, in in your stories have a lot to do with with just uh, just that food because you're not only you you don't just grow food. You grow food with the intention of cooking the food, preparing yeah. the food because you are a foodie. Yes. <laughs> well, tell tell people what a foodie is.
6: <laughs> well, I think, you know, I think we um as a society, tend to sometimes undervalue where our food comes from and what, um, what, we, what we can do with what we have. Um, you know, we don't have to fly mussels from France or, you know, we have a huge abundance of food in this country and right around the corner. So, um, yeah, foodies are, foodies are people who think about food all the time and what we're going to do with it, and, and I kind of throw in a curveball with how I'm going to grow it. Yeah, and then
3: on the weekends is, uh, right. I stay up in, a, in a Maine, and a, a you know a farm to, to table is a, is a very important here because in Maine we've got the ocean and we've got the farms, and, and uh, uh, everyone seems to be going that way. That you even go to a restaurant and they're very proud to say that you, everything you're eating here is is, is grown locally and uh, it's fresh and it's delicious and uh, uh, it's, it makes a big difference. Sure. Going down well, to let's, speaking to of Maine,
1: let's let's get our other guest in here so we don't
3: yeah. leave
1: the people from the Granite State <laughs> taking it for <laughs> granted. Uh, our beautiful state of New Hampshire. Uh, Kate, how are you?
7: I'm good, thank you. It's good to be here.
1: Boy, well, that's a boy. You have very authoritative <laughs> voice there, Kate. <laughs> I <heading> got <laughs> early today. <laughs> I'm impressed with that one. Wow. <laughs> that's that's a true. Now you are. Tell us how you and Lee are related.
7: Uh, she is my sister-in-law. She's the wife of my youngest brother. Ah, all
1: right. Wow. And so now,
7: been usually
3: for everyone, you know, I know a lot of people write and you illustrate and 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 do a lot of different things. But how did you get into specifically doing this for children stuff? And and because
7: uh, it's you know it's just
3: so different from everything else. Who's going to well,
7: start? <laughs> I, I started illustrating um, a long time ago just to, because I do carvings and things like that, and I used it as a tool to to lay the groundwork to start my carvings. And then uh-huh. I started doing illustration as a just a way to relax and to doodle and that type of thing. And then Lee had this idea for her book and asked me about doing... Um, the front cover, and I thought that was a pretty interesting idea. I come from the graphics background and uh like uh cat downsizing and all that kind of stuff, so I thought, well, maybe I can do this on a regular basis, so that's how I got my start trying to work with Lee and Cat's been a great inspiration uh just to give me it's ideas so nice to
3: and you love too,
7: yes. What well, of food, you know, Brent?
1: one of the things, what the, one of the most any, exciting uh, things about. Go ahead, Enzo.
3: I, I just wanted to finish with the, you you're doing the wood carvings. Uh, what, what? You have a, a specific style or, 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 or a subject matter or, anything that comes into your head or.
7: Well, I, I, I like to do almost anything. I like challenges. I recently. Um, uh, well, I'm almost finished with it. I'm not quite finished, but I did a banister and uh, railings for my log cabin in New Hampshire. It's about 30 feet long. I have it on, oh, my, I
2: face-
7: I have it on my Facebook page, uh, Dog Star Creative Care. And uh, I've done knives. I did one for my nephew. Um, I've done other ones. I use pewter and bone. I use wood. I use different kinds of wood. Um, oh. But I always start with a drawing. Just to get a, to lay the draw, uh, the groundwork for my project.
1: Well, you know, I saw the 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 illustrations, the um, you know, the the graphics and the paintings and the sketches, you know, knocked me over. And then I saw these amazing knife handles, and I yeah. said, "Why are these here?" You know, because I I just assumed that I didn't know. I thought you were admiring some other artist's work. And then I realized it was you, too. I mean, that's just, I mean, you're kind of like a New Hampshire Michelangelo there, you know, not only sketches and paintings, but beautiful sculptures. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm just amazed at that talent to be able to see, you know, something that, you know, if you've ever been to Italy and seen Michelangelo, a piece of marble, a chunk of marble, and he's, you know, always claimed he could see what he was going to create that was already in there. He had to just remove those pieces and when I see the intricate work that you do it's just amazing how you, you I can't even conceive of how you do that
7: yeah it's 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 something I've always jo- enjoyed since I was a child and just manifested itself in different ways throughout my life and I always like to try new things and whatever I can do to help people realize their own visions yeah
1: and that's what this show is all about. Is in Town we say, use your bean, trust your heart, build your, you follow your passion, follow your gut, follow what you, you love to do, build your character. You know, we let anybody figure the last part of it out, but it usually comes from an idea, putting it in your heart, but following your gut and, and staying true to that. So, and that's what I love about what all of you do, because you're, you're a role model for all the children to, who love to write or who love to draw or love to sculpt to take and not listen to all the naysayers say you can't do it but just to go ahead and do it and somehow you'll get to do it. Yes. No co- <laughs> we get a, We get an amen on that.
2: Amen. Well, amen. I,
1: okay. <laughs> well, listen, I uh I just think you know, you painters obviously paint with uh, with different mediums. But, you know, what I love about the, the works that you ladies have done, I mean, immediately you grab the readers. And I want to um, just, if I can read a little bit, from, do you, can I, will you give me permission, Kat, to read from uh, from yours? I'd, I'd want to have you read from Finding Fuzzy. I'm going to do that. And uh, oh, because okay. there was the, the, um, the, the, I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through the book right now because there were um, there was passages here that just, uh, I could see uh, everything that you were doing. I, I could see the, the beach and, um, here. We, oh, this is what I like, I like this, here we go. Daddy turned off the engine and unlocked the doors. Jenna quickly tucked Fuzzy into her open backpack and wriggled in the seat to unlatch her seatbelt. The girls spilled out in a tumble, happy to stretch at last. A gentle breeze lifted Jenna's brown, corkscrew, curly hair, feeling soft and warm against her face. It carried a whiff of something clean and fresh. She didn't know what it was, but she liked the way it tickled her nose and made her feel happy. Nothing refreshes like salt air and ocean breezes, said Mama, who was also stretching, enjoying the soft evening air. That was just beautiful imagery there.
5: Okay, I really like that. Thank you. You know, the adage write what you know and, and that's what I decided that's what I did with this I loved the beach, I grew up on the ocean uh, on Long Island Sound in Connecticut and moved down to Carolina and we would spend family reunions at the beach on, on the Crystal Coast in Carolina, we had like eight adults and seven little kids running around it was great so my story is based on those experiences with those kids and I, I incorporated things that we experienced together as a family. And this these stories were actually written 10 years ago, Tom and Enzo. It was about a period of time when I was downsized from a tech corporation. I didn't have any money, and I needed to come up with a cool birthday gift. So I started writing these stories for my then-elementary-aged um, nieces Um and I got the idea when the youngest niece, who actually is named Jenna, carried her 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 little um, stuffy, which was a red Elmo, everywhere with her. Because in the book, Fuzzy is a stuffy blue bunny. Because I couldn't use an Elmo, and and she loses him at the beach. And there's no spoiler alert because the name of the book is Finding Fuzzy: A U Decide Tale of a Lost Friend. So I love the beach, and I wanted to incorporate that. And then, you know, talk about another college connection. I hooked up with Irene Johns, who was the head of the um, graphic design program at Wake Tech, and she she said, well, I'll, I'll do some illustrations for you. I'll just do one or two. And she did so many. I loved them. I couldn't choose between what to incorporate, so I put them all in. Yeah, mm. they are. Well, they're,
8: they're where's your really... uh,
3: target audience? Uh, how old are the kids uh, you'd like to look at your things up? Sarah, uh, that's a good question, Enzo.
5: There, I would think between grade um, kindergarten to read aloud and through grade three, and I tried to do something different with this story because I like to challenge kids to think and to problem solve, and I want to I develop junior writers. So this is a you-decide tale, and what that means is that I don't write the ending of the book um, Jenna, the young protagonist who was about maybe just starting, six uh, six years old at the time, faces an incredible decision after she loses her fuzzy, and the children have to write or draw the ending. Um, yeah. And I and I have some tips for for our reading assistants to help them. Um, and when I have gone to visit elementary schools, I have found amazing endings to the stories that the kids write or draw and share with me, endings that I couldn't possibly come up with. So that really jazzes me.
1: Oh, of course. You know, I, I thought when I, as I went through the book, well, first I have to read this paragraph here. Let's, we'll get to the, the creative part in a second. But in the cottage had three big bedrooms on the top floor. Gen- Jenna took the small red one. With a single bed and rocking chair, so she could sit and read with Fuzzy. Terry and Kristen shared twin beds in the large blue room, decorated with seashells and dolphin pictures. Mama and Daddy took the one overlooking the twisty beach path. I mean, that just puts you there. It's it's beautifully yeah. done. I mean, we've all been in those rented cottages on the beach, and they all have rooms and and uh, decorations just as you described. You just described. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you said, I love the beach, and I'm there.
5: Yeah,
1: you know. I like this, too. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish up. Well, you know, the the way you round this off, too, they're on the deck, uh, and they stayed on the porch anyway, enjoying a bedtime snack and listening to distant waves lapping against the shore. Sleepy eyes drooped and heads nodded against comfy porch, porch chairs plumped. With soft cushions, ah, I want to go to sleep too. <laughs>
2: Aww, thank you. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, and you know, talking about, you know, I kept waiting for that part where you know the you get to decide part, and I said, well, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to be really interesting. But one of the things we like to do, Enzo and I, is to encourage kids to write every single day, and to. Um, You know, follow their dream, follow their passion, but to write no matter what, even if it's just a journal, uh, an idea, anything, because what I've learned, because I was never, you know, writing (laughs) in a parochial school was never fun, ever. It was (laughs) never something that was fun. In fact, if you didn't do it right or you spilt a little splotch of ink somewhere, you got your knuckles wrapped. So you can imagine the tension and, and fear that surrounded every every <laughs> assignment. Wasn't,
3: wasn't it what you wrote? It was how you wrote it. with the shape of the letters in the story?
1: And <laughs> so and it took me not until I was an adult did I find that there was joy and and freedom in writing and finding that place where magical things happen. And you really do get to a point in the book, and you said, and um, you write, Jenna thought for a long time. This is what she decided to do, and then. You just leave these beautiful um, stationary pages for the children to do it, and you really mean it because I thought you were going to give the ending yourself, but you don't.
5: I, I do not. Um, they can write in the book. Or I have those pages free for download on my website at com. And, and Tom and Enzo, you notice that in addition to writing, I also give the kids an option to draw because yes. some kids don't have that verbal, language, written ability, and I want to respect the differences. So I That's encourage true. them to, to draw as well or use whatever they can to express themselves.
1: Well, uh, one of the things I I, re, I speak a lot to fifth-grade classes in a program here in Boston called If They Made It, So Can I. And mm-hmm. I try to tell the children, true that not only if you don't want to write, then today with today's technology, which although it has its pitfalls and its disadvantages, it has an amazing way of communicating because all someone has to do is make, create a selfie or a selfie video or, or, or record a, uh, an, an audio recording, and you have the amazing ability today to distribute it without some critic or some publishing house or somebody saying you can't. And I think it's the most fascinating of times for everybody to tell a story.
5: That's true. And for, for children who have additional learning challenges, there's also some very cool um, speech-to-text software so kids can speak it mm. and yes. the computer will write it. So there's yes. many, many, many ways to express, and I want kids to be able to feel free to find the best learning channel that fits their style.
1: How often are
3: you
5: getting to the schools to to, uh, to do this exercise with the book? Well, I've been to a couple of different schools. In one school in Connecticut where I visited this spring, the children had not had an opportunity to read the story yet. So I read the story or or summarized it up to the end, and they actually had to draw the ending for homework. Then I was able to see it and share it. In another school in Durham, North Carolina, the children read the books ahead of time, so we talked about the writing process. And they showed me their endings, and I thought, well, should I take time and read them all? Because, you know, they're, this is second grade, and I know their attention span is not really long. But I think I looked over their stories, and we shared them for about 15, 20 minutes. And Con and Enzo and, and Lee and Kate, you could have heard a pin. Drop the room mm-hmm. because they're be so glad that somebody was
1: sharing their stories. <laughs> you know, isn't it? I don't know how you feel, but when I introduce alternative learning um, situations and opportunities to kids, it is shocking to me to see the shift in energy that goes from sit in your seat, stay still. Listen to me. I know everything. You're the student, and I'm going to tell you what you need to know. To all of a sudden, giving the children the expression, the freedom, and the time and the attention to listen to their stories. What do you see when that happens in terms of energy?
3: Oh,
5: um, I can give an example. One little first grader um, was listening very intently, and when it was over, she came up to me, and she had a whole portfolio of stories that she had written and illustrated that she wanted to to share with me. And the word that comes to mind is they glow. You know, they they glow, and you can see them glow before your eyes. I just get goosebumps when I think about it.
1: (laughs) And isn't it sad that it takes somebody from the outside to come in and, and pull that from the children?
5: Yeah, well, and sometimes, you know, teachers can do it as well. They support me and let them in their classrooms, so that's a good thing, too. But I think kids are used to seeing teachers in a certain light, and maybe having someone step in from outside gives a little more credibility.
1: Right. Well, you give these beautiful it's tips always, for
5: it's
3: the it's always attracted uh, by the curriculum, uh, uh, which is a shame that they can't vary so much from what kids have to know versus, uh, you know, what they uh, what they'd like to express, so it's a
1: difficult... Well, I, I, I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm pretty strict with uh, my thinking when it comes to schools. The, you know, the the main resource, the most important resource in all of the schools is the students. And it's, you know, the teachers play a role, but the teachers play a role in what they can elicit from the students. And that most schools just are blind to the amazing knowledge and wisdom that children have and that they could pull from and make it very exciting to be in school every day.
5: And, I, and I, I don't want to go there, but I know there's a lot going on right now with the Common Core curriculum that's coming down. There's pros and cons on each side, and I think that's that's going to shake out. And I'm hoping it's going to end up and have a benefit to kids and teachers. Um, and you know, I have to say, I, I, full disclosure, I come from a long line of educators, my dad, my brother, um, I think there's been a, a, a teacher in my family in Norwalk, Connecticut, for the past 60 years. So I'm sort of on the side of the teachers on this one, but I, I just wanted to be honest with you. Yeah, well,
1: I, yeah, <laughs> well, I <laughs> I always talk about this, and it's an amazing leveler. And because I always ask when I do speak to teachers, I. Before I even begin, I said, I'm going to ask three questions that I know the answer to, but I says I just want to see how consistent it stays. It never varies. And I want you to think about all of the teachers you've had in your lifetime, whether it be, uh, you know, academia, whether it's being macrame, uh, yoga, skiing. And I want you to think, show me by fingers how many great teachers you had. And the answer is never more than three. Three fingers. Mm-hmm universally yeah. across the board think of, so first of all think about that that's pretty sad okay and once in a while i get a ah. wise guy on this I get a wise guy who lifts 10 fingers, and I'll say, well, let me tell you something. You grew up in a community where there was less than 10,000 people and or you went to a private school, and then they dropped the hand. I said, you're the exception, we're not, we're talking about. And then I asked the teachers to ask, tell me what made the teacher great, what those three, were, of the three, what were the qualities? And the answer is always the same. They said they cared. And I said, how do you know that? They said they listened. So when you go into a classroom, Kate, and you – Actually, listen to the kids. It's a total break from what is normally done in a classroom. You know, it sounds like the
5: same.
1: It sounds like
5: the same, char- it sounds like the same characteristics that make a good leader in the in the corporate exactly. workforce. I think we, you know, we can all try harder to be good listeners. There's so much going on, competing for attention, so many sound bites. So I think the ability to listen is a real gift that we all need to try to develop more, and especially with kids.
1: Yeah. Mm. Well, it's, uh, it, it, I think that's just why I'm so excited by what the three of you are doing, because you act as the models. You just don't do it, but you are the role models that show that it is possible, and you show it through your work, and then the fact that you turn around and, you know, go back and, you know, go and actually make connections with the kids and encourage them to do it.
5: We we try. We're you know being an indie writer is a journey. It doesn't happen overnight. You just do little bits and pieces at a time. And there have been days when I sit in my office and I blog and I tweet and I post. It's like is anybody out there? Is anybody listening? Right, right. <laughs> you can
2: right.
5: connect. You, you can connect with other writers from all around the globe. Actually, um, that's right. They are very supportive. That's what I love about being an indie, Tom. I mean, especially in, in the area of kid lit, is that it's not a cutthroat business. Everybody is very, every writer is very supportive of the other writer who makes it because it is a success for them, and it means that it's also making the path easier for us. So that absolutely that's exciting as well. So yes, I'm jazzed about the kids, but it's also. Um, I'm also enjoying this this journey. I mean, it has this up and down as well. There are some days when I want to, uh, the technology gremlins won't get out of my office, but um, it's, it's yeah. an amazing you <laughs> know it's an amazing network of authors who come together to support folks.
1: Yeah, I know, and that's one of the things from starting the radio show. I've been just amazed at the that supportive group. It's it's fabulous.
5: Right. And Lee, do you have anything to... to
1: say as as another author do you, what, about any of the things we've covered here? We're, we're going to get to your book well, in a second here.
6: Oh, Well, you know, I, I have to speak to what you said about, um, you know, uh, so having writers and creative people being sort of put down or put back in their place or whatever by publishing houses or literary agents or any of these traditional um, – sort of pathways to creative success, and I, I have to tell you, I mean, I can't even count how many turndown letters I got from this book. I mean, I wrote this book in 2008. It took me about two years to write it, and then I started the process of trying to get it published, and, and I was just, I mean, I was really just shown the door, so I, I actually mothballed this book. It sat in my... In my uh, bedroom in a shopping bag for uh gosh two or three years and then once i moved up to to new york from north carolina i decided i would with cat's help cat's my cat's my uh my big leader my chief and uh you know try to get this story to see the light of day so the indie the indie journey for me has been totally thrilling (laughs) of course
1: you know, that's, to me, this is why this is the magic age of all magic ages is because we now have the ability to distribute ourselves and, and create our own audiences and not be, you know, bottlenecked by, you know, the powers tradition. that be. Yeah. 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 And. Um,
3: do you, you all a self-publish or do you all have a publishing houses? Um,
5: I'm I'm a self-published author. I'm an indie.
1: Uh
3: yeah, that's what I thought.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's and uh, and and what's the yeah, How do you find that your audience grows, and it, is is it is it happening?
6: Well, well he, you know, he, go ahead. Go then. ahead. Oh well, uh, no, I mean I'm I'm just getting started. I'm Cat uh, is blazing the trail, and I'm sort of uh, following in her wake. And and I'm continually so excited to see all her success. I mean, she I see her on Twitter and I see her on Facebook, and you know she's she is just shy, a shining star. I'm so excited for all her success. Thanks. Well, yeah, I think you, Leah's you,
3: doing,
5: go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, Leah's doing the right thing to start. You 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 build a base very very slowly. She's got a great. Um, website and a blog post, and she's getting on Twitter. You, you, you kind of have to build that support network and comment and support and pay it forward, and eventually down the road there's a tipping point where it comes together and gels. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I thought I thought this would be a part time job, but it's really a, a full time job. And I you know I, I've read studies and Tom we talked about this a bit that it takes a good three years and at least three books <laughs> before writing. And, and then I've heard other people say that as an indie writer, you'd have to be in the game for 10 years before you start to really see the sparkle. Um, I'm hoping it won't take that long, though.
1: <laughs> well, you know, as an entrepreneur and someone who started, a, you know, children's property, and, you know, I'm in my, about just about my 10th year, uh, and we had amazing flashes of uh, reception and, and what they call stickiness, and we continue to see that. In fact, we had tons of miracles happen. But one of the things that is very humbling for the author and for the artist, and et cetera, is that it's going to happen in its own time. It's not going to, the more you force it, the further it gets away. And that's no, the big. Yeah, yeah, and and you know it really is. I, I, I talk about it a lot on the show, and the, the greatest book by far for me that explained the whole process is Stephen Pressling's um, The War of Art. And basically he says that there are two of us, there's two eyes. The there's the you you want to be and the you you are. In between that stands resistance. And he says resistance takes all forms. You know, inertia, um, lack of confidence, fear, uh, you know, distractions, uh, you know, responsibility, duty, uh, all of those things that keep us from that that inner artist that we want to be and want to express ourselves. And he says the only way to fight it and to overcome it is to go to war with it every day. And by going to war with it, he means you have to do it every single day or as much as you can because that is the only thing that will break the resistance down and then he says you will connect with the muse because the muse does exist and we all know that i mean wait we, <laughs> we, i'm laughing because we did encounter one uh, individual who said no there's no muse and he does it all by himself and uh but every other writer has told us there comes a place an artist where You know, something takes over and, you know, the work kind of takes on an energy of its own. And so he says the process is simple. You do the work, you let go, and you trust. And, you know, it takes a long time to get to that point. And he said one of the best ways to sabotage the work (laughs) and the result is to be focused on the outcome and to focus on the money or whatever, the success. And then he says for sure the muse will run away. (laughs) <laughs> and you know, so any thoughts on that, ladies? All of you? Well, I, 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 go
7: ahead, Kate. Uh, that that's a uh, very sound advice. I I think it uh, it's for sure. Once you kind of get an idea and it starts to roll, and then all of a sudden it because becomes something on its own, not even something that you're creating. Right. You just kind of so.
1: You, does that happen with the, the sculpture? Does that happen with the sculpture? Do you find your hand almost being guided? I mean,
7: can um, you explain yeah, some um, of that? Especially um, a lot with wood, you can kind of, it sounds strange, but it kind of has a feeling of its own when you're working with it. It kind of tells uh-huh. you what it needs. I know Isn't that, that great?
1: No, not on this show. You can talk about that stuff. <laughs> right, Enzo? <laughs> No, we, we, uh, that's what, you know, if we can tell children and anyone who listens to the show that there is that place, if you go there enough, you will find that magical place that all of a sudden you say, wow, where am I and what's happening and wow, isn't this really amazing, and then you see the work and you you understand that you did kind of co-create with something that's invisible.
7: I I was lucky enough to... uh have a mother and a father, especially my father. He was a very artistic person. And uh, growing up, he taught me all kinds of things. And not until I was probably in my late teens did I realize that most women weren't taught those things.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. And, and you know, one of my, my daughter, my older daughter, just sent me a nice card saying, There are no uh, owner's manuals. That's why we have fathers. (laughs) And and it was because I told them all of those things at a very early age, and uh, they realized as they got older that most parents didn't. Most parents wanted their kids to conform to their idea of what they were supposed to be and follow the conventional paths and kind of shut down all that creativity. So I think it's the greatest gift. So if you had that, that, how fabulous is that? Hey Lee, can I read a little bit of John Bloom? Oh, please do. Yeah, I just I got right into this. I mean, it's I so identified with it because I this period in, in time of America. I mean, I love every movie that comes out, novel, whatever, because you know I lived to close to a time of it. But even more so, I we inherited. I mean, at least uh, Tommy, I mean, <laughs> we inherited Enzo and I. Excuse me, Enzo, I get so upset when I do that. Um, we, we, we're, products of, we're products of the age of the 40s. And so this is it, Chapter 1, The Rabbit Skull. John Bloom shoved his hands farther into the pockets of his worn corduroy jacket. He hunched over and he tucked his chin into the top of the coat Idly chewing on the frayed edge of the collar, he sighed, knowing the bad habit would get him scolded again. As he shuffled along, he wondered what his mother was cooking for dinner. Oh, I so love that. It was a Sunday, Saturday afternoon, and he was headed to his friend Chewy's house with an old Indian arrowhead that he was trading for a rabbit skull. John couldn't believe the deal he was getting. Arrowheads were a dime a dozen. They could be picked up anywhere. A rabbit skull! especially one with two big front teeth still embedded, was a rare find indeed. He pulled his fist out of his pocket and turned the arrowhead over and over, trying to figure some sort of value. Value was really important to all young boys in 1941. Times were uncertain with the war going on in Europe, and even old junk was worth something, from food cans to rubber bands and even dried up old curls of soap. A gust of wind blew hard against the side of John's head, and he lifted his chin in response. Inhaling deeply, he looked around, watching that same gust of wind create a blizzard of gold and red leaves from the trees lining the sidewalk. These were the last leaves of autumn, just barely clinging to the stock bare branches. So before I get back to you, Enzo. Hey. (laughs) We we lived through those times, and in, 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 we both grew up in the city. But it's that mm. imagery of that autumn day, did that... I just that, think of the, you... the
3: Dakota she was describing. I think I had one like that. I remember the, putting my chin down and biting my collar, too. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the time <laughs> we, the
1: we ate butter all the time. Butter, butter, butter. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a beautiful imagery and so real. I mean, how do you draw and remember those those images and mm-hmm. bring us back to that beautiful time? I mean, that's just... I'm classic. not
3: nearly as old as you because, you know, the war was over when I was born. But uh, that's why we had the butter. But uh, it was a yeah. different time. People don't recognize it, you know. It's uh, no computers, uh, tough right. telephones. But it was so a romantic time.
1: And, yeah, and, and Lee, nice you ca- you captured the, through those descriptions, you ca- captured the romance of that. The feel of that. The it? feel Thank of it. Thank you. It, it, you know, I, I like that a lot. So, okay, can you tell us you, how? Yeah, how do you get that? You, again, it, in, you know, I one of the things we talk about, I when, I experienced the movie Ratatouille, and I just I had this amazing feeling when I watched, and I asked. Again, when I speak, I ask people, those who have seen it, did that movie give you a certain feeling? And everybody agrees, it had that old Walt Disney, you know, feeling that you got from watching classics like Snow White and Pinocchio, because,
7: mm-hmm.
1: you know, he paid so much attention to classical art. And I listened to the interviews at the end of it, and they interviewed both the restaurateur and the animator, and they said, what, "What's your motivation? Why do you do what you do?" And both of them said the exact same thing at different interviews in different places, and they said they like the purpose of everything they do is to make an emotional connection with either the reader, the, uh, um, the, 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 rest of the 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 patron at the restaurant, or whatever, to make an emotional connection to give them a feeling that only they can give them. And both of you. Uh, through your writing, give us that feeling that comes through you and your expression.
3: And that's a wow, point, thank cause you. I've had you know, a couple of readings here, and I got that feeling from both of those passages from both the books. That's a, that's, that's pretty uh, amazing to me.
1: Uh, so, so Lisa, how do you <laughs> do that? How do you reach back and get those images yeah. and those memories?
6: Well, um, first of all, I, I'm really... So flattered and honored, and I just so appreciate your feedback. And But second of all, what to, it sort of speaks to what Kate said about um, picking, a piece, picking up a piece of wood and seeing that image inside the wood and being able to pull it out. And I, I have to tell you, this story really just wrote itself. Um, really? I sat, I sat at my dining room table in North Carolina. I wrote most of this in North Carolina. And I... Would look out my dining room window, and just type at the same time because all of this was playing in my head. So Whoa. I I just I would just sit down and I would I drew out a picture of the town on a piece of paper and I I put you know and all these people are people in my lives. Um, you know my father is 75 plus years old and grew up in New Jersey and you know and I hear his stories about the small town life there there, and so all of these things that happen in this book actually did happen so um you know i just i guess it's just a combination of all the years of hearing the stories and you know i just sat down and started writing um write what I, you if, know
3: write what you know that's what they always say
6: yeah exactly what Kat said earlier about write what you know um you know i'm a country girl i I grew up on the West Coast, but you know I I've moved all over the country, and I really do prefer the the fields and the woods and the mountains. And so, you know, all all of the settings are rural. And you know, and going back through the headlines of that time period of World War Two, I mean, World War II was was fought and won um, by everyday people. They were not, you know, professional soldiers. They were. The kid down the street, and they sometimes didn't even have a proper uniform while they were fighting. So you know, they they flew airplanes that were made of wood and canvas. So you know, it's it's a huge time period that is just chock full of incredible, miraculous stories. Mm. And many don't, many people don't know, don't have access to those old headlines or those old stories. They just know, well, we won. You know, but you don't hear about all the tons of different stories that, that happened and, you know, the inspiration that they generate. You know, are you... Well, so all it's all about children who we sent to war, all of the kids
3: who went to war. You always think of everyone in the war as being an older person, but no, they were all kids. Mm-hmm. kids you don't think of your dad in the war as a kid, but he was. He's just a baby. Hmm. That's another thats yeah. another story altogether.
1: <laughs> so, 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 what... Uh, what was the, the spark that said, you know, Lee, sit down. Something said to you, sit down and start writing. What was that? Was well, it a voice? It said, it, I always talk about the voice.
6: <laughs> the, it, what, well, it was the voice. I was taking a bubble bath one night, and I'm not kidding. I really was taking a bubble bath, and all of a sudden, my, my father's name is, his first name is John, and his middle name is Bloom. And um, that's a real family name. And so I just, I made the connection. I, it was the spring. We were starting our vegetable garden. And all of a sudden, it was literally like somebody just just dropped this, this idea on top of my head. And I went <laughs> immediately. I dried off first. I did dry off and put on some clothes. Um, <laughs> I went immediately to my computer and I just started writing because it was just like someone opened a door and there was the story. Oh,
1: so I love I, it. I, I love it. I can't
6: tell you what I, specifically, but it, it was really like turning on a switch.
1: Love it. I love it. It's, we it, hear this all it, the
6: time. It, Tom, you even
1: told yes. me a
3: story yesterday when you were driving that you were inspired for a little, uh, a little writing that you're doing.
1: Right, I was on my way to do I. I found that uh, to expedite things and to find ways, I've always been able because I lost my leg as a kid at the age of thirteen and decided mm-hmm. I want to get into the game of life. I learned some skill sets that have been invaluable. Which is, I learned when, as soon as somebody says no or there's a block or there's. In fact, I was thinking recently I should write a either a blog or something about um, you know f- f- uh, you know um, the, the the advantages. Of of having a handicap or of, of dealing with adversity, and uh, I've, right now I've, I I've, I got a, I've got this great term for it, but it's the ability to overcome adversity and th- through adaptation. That's it, ad- the adaptation uh, attitude. And because I had those impediments and I found ways around them, the best thing you can do to me is say no. <laughs>
6: Yeah, I, so, I understand that completely.
1: Yeah, so you know, you say no. Now I'm working because now I'm like, oh yeah, because I'll I'll either go under, around, over, or whatever. But I will find a way to get to what I desire. And so lately, I've been it, well again. The voice, you know, I try to tell children, everybody, that when I finally got there, I was told I'd never ride a bicycle again, and one day I got on a bicycle, and I used to have this great drama of the mothers taking me, pulling me off the bicycle before I got a chance to try it, and I was relieved because I was petrified myself, and one day nobody came, and it wasn't so much fun because I only had myself to deal with, and I was still long enough to hear that voice, similar to what gave you 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 this beautiful story. And the voice said, ride the bike. And it was like, wow, where'd that come from? But it was such an, a reassuring, comforting thing. And I kicked off and I, I, I did it. And it was the beginning of my life, as I, I see it, because it, it gave me that knowledge that there is something, as Stephen Pressfield says, or not Pressling, Pressfield says, it's there, folks. Whether you you want to believe it or not, there's something inside you that's bigger than you that's loving and caring and guiding. And if you go to it and knock on the door every day, it will come and give you the beautiful things like your book.
6: Well, yes, and and also the the story did the the inspiration was about plants and food and the boys. I I, I like to try to angle the story a little bit to boys because there's not. Well, when I was growing up, there weren't as many boys. I have I have sons and three sons and a daughter. And I wanted the story to be about boy stuff. But it ended up being sort of a, a manual for people, all kinds of people, to say, there is victory out there. Just do it. You know, look at, look at what this ragtag group of, of, you know, 1940s Americans and all the other allies involved, you know, they, the, the odds were tremendous. And they still did it, so you can have victory. You can do it. Just, just do it.
1: Well, I don't so know about it you, Enzo, but I'm getting goose. Victory. I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> I, have a, I have the whole program. I'm
3: a sitting on ice. You know. Aww.
1: You know, and I'm so now. Let, let me ask you a question, Lee. Did you laugh and cry as you wrote the book?
6: Oh my gosh, I have to tell you. Um, at, when I was finishing the first group of edits. Um, and I was making all these corrections. I literally did that i did i I laughed, and I literally was crying when I went through a couple of those chapters and and i was I just had such a feeling of pride you know i 'm just so proud of this of this story, so yeah, I did
1: and you should be and You know, that's what we want. Kids, if you're still listening, people tell us, oh, you might be calling the kids show, but none of the kids listen. But, you know, I kind of feel that there's going to be some 10- or 12-year-old or whatever who really gets connected to this stuff that hears it. And if not, we want the parents, because we do have a great listenership, and it's growing all the time, And, and we find that, If we can tell the parents these kind of things that they may have never experienced, but that they can encourage their children to find these magical connections of being able to reach inside, go inside, and have this connection with this entity, whatever it is that guides you and gives you these—I mean, how else can you uh, you describe—you know—crying and laughing over something that came out of you? I know. (laughs) Right. It's it's. You know, When I started to write my uh, autobiography, I would, I, same thing. It's always the same story, it seems, these days. You retire, and you say, okay, now what? And now what happens is you really get to do what you've always loved to do. And I would sit for two or three hours a day, I disciplined myself, and I would find myself laughing and crying all by myself and, and remembering people. And the times, and I even get choked up now about thinking about them because they were just amazing times. It was an amazing time to be alive and to to come into into the planet and And I said, "What kind of a process is this that you can be all alone and yet totally in another world and totally stimulated and and entertained and and watch things come out on on us well, in this case, it was the screen that you didn 't even know." You were capable of producing.
6: Yep, that's
3: exactly
1: right. Yeah. C- Kathy, <laughs> you got anything I say about
3: about it? to say? It's a page and
1: a half. <laughs> I lost my leg and I rode a bike.
0: <laughs>
5: uh, there's a good title there. That's your title. Yeah. <laughs> that's your title. But I, you I,
1: know, I, uh, I, go ahead.
5: No, I, I was going to say, Lee, Lee and Tom. I I think that you know I agree with you. The characters seem to take on a life of their own. Totally. Like I'll be, totally. you know, I'll be I'll be sitting in my office, and I find that I'm writing, and then I start talking out loud, answering as the character would answer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's true, isn't it? Magic. You know, that's just what yeah. I want to tell. Everyone that listens to the show, it's magic, folks. And all you have to do to start is grab a blank piece of paper and write anything. It's a nice, beautiful day. I don't feel good. Anything. But you just keep doing that, and magic comes.
5: And, and I would piggyback off that, Tom. I would say it's also important, you know, as parents are listening, to, to encourage kids to write and, and be supportive of their efforts. Um, you know, don't don't necessarily be... Judgmental. I'm, I tell them authors always have to go back and edit and proof. When I get a first draft from a kid, I'm not going to point out that you need a comma after and, exactly. and, oh. and in right, so. That's what I loved about
1: that's that's what I loved about your writing tips. I mean, it, it is magical. I think that we're even all having this conversation because this is you know, the type of authors and individuals that you know that believe what. But what Enzo and I believe. And that is just do it. And don't discourage anything. Forget the critic. You know, let, just get it out there, kids. And then we can, you can always find an editor. In fact, <laughs> today, a machine can edit for you.
5: <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, so the most important thing is to, to express yourselves. And, and, Kate, I have to tell you, when I saw, I mean, I, I loved your imagery, especially the one of the fair. And why don't you give us your website? Your Facebook page. It's dog. Uh,
7: Dogstar Creative Care.
1: Dogstar Creative Care. And I was just the more it unfolded, um, I was just I kept thinking this can't be the same person. I mean, you do so you're so multi-talented and multi express and, and but I tell you, when I saw that knife handle, the kid in me came alive. I wanted to grab and hold that. I mean, I'm looking at an image of it, a picture of it. First of all, I couldn't. I really did. I had trouble. I had to keep going back, saying, "Now, is she doing this, or she just knows somebody that does this?" Because, I mean, it's gorgeous.
7: Well, the, the bear drawing is actually the uh, drawing I did to start the bear carving. So, Gosh.
1: And, and well, as I say, and I, my inner self just wants to. Hold that knife. Good thing that I'm not in your shop or wherever you sell these or wherever I would see these because somehow I'd find a way of getting it. <laughs> you know, finding the money to buy it because that's how uh, how um, you know how catchy, sticky that 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 knife handle is.
7: Yeah, well, I, I uh like Lee and Cat. I really like to try to find ways to teach my grandchildren and my family how to do some of these things and uh, just how to be unique and I think Lee and Kat have some wonderful stories and I just hope that uh, you know just use your imagination to there's so many things right. you could do
1: exactly a little, well, Einstein right Einstein said imagination is way more important than intellect <laughs>
7: You uh, know, we've
1: done
3: a lot of these shows, Tom, like a 30, 40 of these are shows, and we're we'll beginning to hear kind of the same thing. All these are successful writers and uh, illustrators and uh, the people we talk to who make the music for the kids. And uh, when they talk about the creative process, it's like uh, everybody's telling us the same thing. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's becoming very clear, you know, the people who do well... Are the, People are following this same kind of formula. you don't quit, you keep doing it uh, uh you put your heart into it. it's stuff that you know and uh all of a sudden you've got something really good or you've got you've created something incredible that will probably last you know longer than you you will um, exactly It's uh, an amazing uh, legacy uh, and
1: it's yeah. the common denominator is love, isn't it ladies
3: yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. yes, you have
1: to be. You yeah, have to you're connecting with love. <clears throat> you know, when you picked on the 40s, and I didn't get to read all of the book, Lee, but I am going to read all of the book because it's it's one of my favorite times because I was a product of people who lived in the 40s. And when I wrote the book, um, I never finished the book because what happened was, and this is what I tried to explain, once you start connecting, and again, Pressfield, gave me the answers. I always question what is going on, you know, when you start that creative process, and these things happen. These magical things happen, and they just don't happen in on the page, but they happen in your life. Like my computer crashed, and I went outside, and I found on the, the lamppost next to my car, somebody had put up that day, a little ad, computer repairs. So it was one of those things you could tear the numbers off of, and i yeah. was looking i was in shock i said how did my computer just die and now i know where to to call and in walked this young lad who had just started his computer business because that's always had always been his passion and we ended up starting this crazy thing that led to this amazing property that at one time brought, and he's still partly connected to us, uh, Rick Siegelco, who created Thomas the Train and brought it from right. the BBC to here and hired Ringo and George Carlin, walked into an office and asked us for a job. And so <laughs> I got to see these amazing things explode from simply visiting your, your work every day. You know, it's um, it's it's... It's a magical place. I, I, can I, I, and I want to show you how much I, why I loved what you did about the 40s, because this came when my mother died. I knew I had to write her eulogy. And um, I remembered passages from the autobiography, and it totally, I think, is in alignment with what you're saying, especially about that generation. And there really was a picture. And so I started, and I said, there's a picture somewhere of a time and a place and its people. The time was a year in the 1940s. The place was 4 Cleveland Street, Roxbury, Massachusetts, 02119. And just because I will never forget it, the telephone number was Highlands 50812. And just for the record at this time, I'm not even in the picture. (laughs) The picture was cropped on the main characters, three or four guys in white shirts and ties with suit coats draped over their arms, indoor shoulders, full crops of hair, strong chins, bold eyes, solid smiles. A baby or two held by the women clinging to the front stairs banister. A white-haired, matronly woman stood at the top. There was no doubt this was a special time. It was a snapshot of a microcosm of what has been called the greatest generation. A generation that outlasted the Great Depression, enlisted in the service of their country, fought overseas and worked in wartime factories to defeat the Axis powers of totalitarianism. Now the war was over. The couples were young and the times were promising. The economy was rebounding, and it was a time of hope, peace, and love. The matron was proud. She looked over a flock like the proud hen, basking in the her accomplice of rearing her cheek, chicks well. Now they had their mates and were procreating their offspring. That was Nana Albina, Abby Cola Pascarosa. Everyone was strong, young, and ambitious. You can see it in their eyes, posture, and focus. The women were nothing short of dazzling in their grooming, hairstyles, and dress. This was the Jitterbug set. They had gone through their youth listening to jazz, big bands, Bing Crosby, and Frank Sinatra. They danced at the Norambega, Totem Pole, and Hibernia ballrooms to Tommy Dorsey, Duke Ellington, Count Basie, and Glenn Miller. Tunes like The String of Pearls, Sunrise Serenade, and Stomping at the Savoy shaped their culture and held them close. It held them united in a common cause to protect freedom and a work ethic that they believed in because they had seen it work for their parents and their ancestors before them. And so your book brought back all of those uh, those memories, and that was The Greatest
6: Generation. Wow. I'm, I'm really, really incredibly flattered because that's, that's what I'm trying to show to today's small children, you know, elementary school children that, you know, that things will change and you have to adapt and you can adapt and you have to have strength and faith. And as you said, just let go sometimes, just let go, have faith. And, and that generation did that. And they are the greatest generation and many of today's small children aren't familiar with them. So it's really, I'm hugely, hugely um, thankful that that, that sense came through.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I said, yeah, I, I look at the next paragraph, you know, they said, they all shared a common vision and mission to take the momentum of previous generations striving to make America the shining example of democracy and freedom, to make the American dream happen for them and their children. The men worked hard and the women harder. Their jobs never stopped. They had no mixed ambitions. Careers were not an option. Family was everything. They knew how to sew, cook, clean, wash and iron, raise kids, teach, discipline, and most of all, love. Uh, It was a time of innocence. Front doors were often unlocked. Neighbors were spoken with. Kids played outside. Family visited without special invitation. They dropped by. They shared home, food, and stories. (laughs) Kind of cool. You know, I, oh, I have to do these last two, forgive me This is a tribute to all the women and men of that generation Who helped to build the character in our generation In our children's generation By being an example of an undying spirit They gave their most They gave their best They gave their all
6: Absolutely That's and,
1: wonderful And I hope, I hope we can see that again sometime
7: I'll
6: do well I think we're ha- I think we're heading that way I think we're
1: heading that way well if we all keep doing this uh, this great work and stay true to it I I found something and we think we played it last weekend though that um, that is truly it's, uh, let's let's have a little fun with this I think it's a perfect time for it uh, this is something I found on YouTube
8: now of course people ask me all the time they say to me what is the secret to success The first rule is trust yourself. What I mean by that is, is so many young people are getting so much advice from their parents and from the teachers and from everyone. But what is most important is that you have to dig deep down, dig deep down and ask yourselves who do you want to be? Not what but who. And I'm talking about not what your parents and teachers want you to be but you. I'm talking about figuring out for yourselves what makes you happy. No matter how crazy it may sound to the people. So rule number one is, of course, trust yourself no matter how, what anyone else thinks. And of course, rule number two is break the rules. We have so many rules in life about everything. I say break the rules, not the law, but break the rules. It is impossible to be a maverick or a true original if you're too well behaved and don't want to break the rules. You have to think outside the box. That's what I believe after all. What is the point of being on this earth if all you want to do is be like everyone and avoid trouble? The only way that I ever got any place was by breaking some of the rules. Which of course brings me to rule number three. Don't be afraid to fail. Anything I've ever attempted, I was always willing to fail. You can't always win, but don't be afraid of making decisions. You can't be paralyzed by fear or failure, or you would never push yourself. You keep pushing because you believe in yourself and in your vision. And you know that it is the right thing to do and success will come, so don't be afraid to fail. Which brings me to rule number four, which is don't listen to the naysayers. I mean, how many times have you heard that you can't do this and you can't do that and it has never been done before. As a matter of fact, I love it when someone says no one has ever done this before because then when I do it, that means that I'm the first one that has done it. So pay no attention to the people that say it can't be done. You
0: gotta love it, ladies and gentlemen. You gotta love it, it's gotta be what you are supposed to do. You wanna sing, even though they wanna invite you to Carnegie Hall, you're gonna sing to anybody that listens listen to you, including, sing it to yourself. You gotta write, even if no one published your book, write, because that was given to you to do. You do what it is you're supposed to. You're supposed to build something, you're supposed to create something. I don't know how to do it, learn. Do whatever is required. It's necessary. If you want it, you got to go into action. you got to be willing to experiment. You've got to be willing to fail and to succeed. you got to be willing to form and develop new relationships. It's you. It's on you. you got to make that happen. Nobody's going to bring it to you on a silver platter. But here's your dream manifested. No, it's hard. Yes, it's hard. It's difficult. That's yes, right. And it's worth it.
8: That brings me to rule number five, which is the most important rule of all. Work your butt off. You never want to fail because you didn't work hard enough. I never wanted to lose a competition or lose an election because I didn't work hard enough. I always believed leaving no stone unturned. Muhammad Ali, one of my great heroes, had a great line in the 70s when he was asked, How many sit-ups do you do? He said, I don't count my sit-ups. I only start counting when it starts hurting. When I feel pain, that's when I start counting because that's what makes you a champion. That's the way it is with everything no pain no gain whatever it takes I would do it. that's the answer I want to help you with. And if you do not see it and if you do not believe it who else will that takes me to rule number six whatever path that you take in your life You must always find time to give something back. Something back to your community, give something back to your state or to your country. Remember those six rules. Trust yourself, break some rules, don't be afraid to fail, ignore the naysayers, work like hell, and give something back.
3: (laughs) Is that the governor speaking?
1: That was great. Yeah. Wow. I, I'll let you I'll let you ladies uh comment.
3: That's the governor.
5: <laughs>
1: the
5: governator. Hey, this this is this is this, is, this is Kat. I'm I, I mean, glad that he added rules five and six because in yep. addition to all the, the creative stuff and the magic and the aha moments, there's a lot of rolling up your sleeve and it's it's hard work. Um Absolutely. There are some Yeah. There are some days that I look at this and I just can't think of what to write or I give it to my wonder my wonderful editor who also happens to be my spouse and I come back with the pages bleeding red and I get discouraged. So so it is it is hard. And that's why it's important to keep connected with other people to support you which is why I appreciate um, Kate and Lee, because they, you know, I can give them a virtual. Oh my God, I don't know what to do next, and they can support me. And and if I can, if I can have one more point on number six, the, the giving back and the paying it forward is, is so important in this in this game. You don't always want to take take take. It's important to give. Like even even beginning in the process of being an author, it's easy to make a comment or give an ad a boy. Um, and, and I think it's a little harder with, with children to, to give back, but I think for them to be supportive of those around them as they're, as they're working hard is, is really critical in the process. So, yes, we're creative and it's great and we get goosebumps, but that's the, the tip of the iceberg and finding the magic in yourself, but then you have to go underwater and, and put on your diving suit and work hard.
1: Yeah, you know, and I my uh, answer to the work part, it's not it's never work if you love it. <laughs> you know, there's know. work for You know, I, I know what yeah. you're saying. There's I have the same issue. Certain days you I stand there and go, I haven't got a clue what to do yes. And but again there becomes that, that magic formula that Stephen Pressfield talks about, do the work, let go and trust. And you have to, you learn that those days of nothing, still a, a part of the process, that by showing up and saying to the muse, I'm here, and I will sit and just sit and sit until something happens, knowing that it will come. And it does, mm-hmm. for always. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I think that's part of this, uh, <clears throat> you know, that many people talk about, and I think what's so fascinating about this process, and I love these, you know, I call these symposiums our little coffee chats, our little things. I think how blessed are we that we can connect with a like-minded spirit and, and minds and to do this kind of thing. And, you know, I, I've tried many different types of spiritual disciplines like meditation and yoga, and they're all fabulous. But I found that nothing, nothing, nothing does it like creativity, because you really start to develop a relationship with that other side, that voice, whatever we want to call it, that part of us that is really the, the, the higher part that gives us the ideas, gives us the encouragement, gives us the energy, gives us the drive to do these things. And nothing does it when you do connect with it, knowing that that somewhere in you and somewhere by sitting still or whatever or writing or doing, that will come. And that becomes your friend after a while.
5: Yeah I'm I'm shaking my head up and down can you see me <laughs> and, and I, think, I think what what's so cool is people can show creativity in very many different ways you know it's beyond writing it's beyond um, illustrating some people can you know put together a computer in 10 seconds or less so we all yep. have different ways to create and to add to that process
1: Right exactly Exactly, and, you know, in dance, you know, I mean, athletics, it, it doesn't matter, yeah. you know. Speaking, um, you know, and comedy, it, it's, it's all there. Being a healer, you know, being, you know, that person who really reaches down deep to help somebody, you know, overcome a disease or, or a setback or whatever. Um, but, you know, and I think it's so important for what we're doing here to let people know that yeah you know it's kind of fun to be a consumer and to buy things and acquire things and they give you a certain amount of pleasure but they don't last and they never will give you the joy that instead of taking something looking for something on the outside to make you whole on the inside once you start to realize you are whole on the inside and then something you look down at a piece of paper or as you said a computer or anything or what you've done and you say wow that came out of me, and it now exists. There's, it's like you know, uh, men men will never be able to do it, and it's the the one thing that you know is, is has to be the the most supreme moment of all is to give birth and to see you know your offspring, and in many ways, our books and our art are exactly that. I, yes, I, and,
5: I, I,
6: I go ahead, Lee. No, well, when I was I. I to your point, um, Tom, the the first part of the the interview, we were talking about how a really good teacher will care. and, And how can you tell? Well, because they listen. And when you listen to others and you listen to yourself and you really, really, really listen and you tune out all of the noise, you listen to yourself and you say, what is my gift? What is important to me how do I want to listen to others well then you know the medicine comes in or the computer whiz or the basketball genius or you know or the painter or the dancer or or the the homemaker you know you you, if you listen to yourself and you listen to others then you do everybody so much justice you give back to the entire universe if you can just listen to what others tell you, and listen to what what you're telling yourself. So, and if everybody can do that, then it just makes the world such a rich place.
1: Absolutely, you're doing, as he said in that that little speech there. You know, do what you came here to do. Right. You know, and it, he says, if nobody who cares if nobody publishes your book, if you came here to write, write.
6: Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And we're so lucky yeah. that we have blogs now and, and websites and different things where, where Kat was saying, you know, some days are really hard. I, I just, it's not coming to me. But sometimes when that happens to me, and I'm sure that happens to children that might be listening, then I, um, I take my camera out and I take pictures of some flowers or the sun as it hits a leaf or, you know, and then I, I listen to the birds. And then I sit down at my computer or, or at my piece of paper. And I just write a sentence, and and I see where that will take me. So exactly. even though the yeah those sticky times come and and you you encounter obstacles, but then as you said, with riding a bike with one leg, which must be dreadfully difficult, um you know you figure out a way around it. So and it's and it's always a victory. It's always a victory when you figure out figure out your way.
1: Well, and again, as he said, break the rules. Nobody got great exactly. by by conforming to what somebody else. One of the beautiful things that Steve Jobs says, he says, you wake up in your 30s or 40s and you realize that everything around you, other than the planet itself, was created by some other person who was no smarter than you. And you realize that all along you've been playing by their rules. He says, and all of a sudden you decide you don't have to play by their rules. You can make the rules. And it's obvious what the impact that he's had on the world. And you know, he worked, and he said over and over again, he's the model of the new entrepreneur. That he said, I worked. He worked always from intuition. He worked from his gut, you know, and not by you know just his brain, uh, but by by knowing that that was the that's where the truth lay, and the kind of truth that we've all been talking about here, that voice, that inner that inner voice.
5: Tom, this is Kat. I I would agree with what you're saying with what we put so eloquently. I think, too, as educators and and parents and people who care about kids, it's so important to help children discover what their gifts are and what their interests are. Having worked with a population who has had such difficulty overcoming learning obstacles sometimes that's very hard for them and they feel discouraged and 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 give up and it's really important to help them remember that everybody has a gift somewhere and be patient with the finding of it um i i meet so many young people who are starting out in college and i say what's you know what's your major what do you think you're going to be and they just kind of look at me and I don't know yet. You know, so that's, I mean, and that's, that's very common. So to me that's, that's a challenge for us as, as educators, as parents, as people to care about kids is to help them on that journey of discovery. Because I think, you know, to remember the rules is good, but sometimes the kids are, are floundering and they just need somebody there to support them, give them ideas, give them encouragement so that they can go out and do these things. Um, do these things, do
1: these tasks. Absolutely, you know, and just to tell them that, don't be discouraged because sooner or later it's going to come to them. They're gonna at some point along the path, uh, they're gonna hear that voice telling them what they really do love and what they enjoy. And one of the things, I mean, <laughs> Lee, you were taking a, a bubble bath.
5: Not right. <laughs>
3: And
1: <laughs> I'm and going out to buy some bubble bath right now. <laughs> I I love that, Lee. <laughs> so tell them all <laughs> Lee, there's your next there's your next product, Lee. Lee's bubble bath. And we can sell it to kids everywhere. In the, <laughs> the book. In the book. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm stalling it because there's a great um, one of the artists that we had on musicians has a great song called exactly that, Bubbles in the Bathtub <laughs> Whoa,
2: oh my goodness, goodness. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly um, well anybody anybody want to give us some more oh here we are, I'm going to play a couple of seconds of this here it is, I found it just for you Lee, this is dedicated to you Now Lee's bubble bath book. <laughs> Did I'm you always getting... write a, want to write a book? <laughs> just use Lee's <laughs> yeah. bubble bath solution. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, listen, I just uh, Tommy. I mean, oh, I'm so sorry, Enzo. <laughs> Did you have fun today? Sometimes to Enzo. <laughs> Uh, we had a blast, ladies, and uh, I don't, anybody want to make any last comments before we? I got to play. I've this, lost, uh,
3: kind of the, uh, all the websites one more time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do the websites. Go ahead, Kat.
5: Okay, I'm at catmichaelswriter. dot com, and I want to give a shout out to my writerly pals who are listening in from across the pond and down under on UK-based kid literature author KLA and also my, my pals who are helping me with technology on KidLit TV, a Facebook and, and a night internet site coming
6: to your computer soon.
1: Nice. Okay. And go ahead, Lee.
6: Uh, yeah, I am um, on Facebook as Lee Sharon, and I uh, also have a website called uh, Com, and another blog, a uh, previous blog called uh, Farm. Eat love at blogspot.com Great, and, oh, and what on on a Twitter, about you, Kate? I'm at at Lee Sharon.
1: <laughs> okay, and how do you spell it out for us? Lee,
6: spell it. Uh, Winter's farm is W I N T E R, R E S T, F A R M. Great. Uh, okay, and Kate, what about you?
7: I'm on Facebook. Uh, the the site is called Dogstar Creative Care, and I have a lot of my work posted. I'm kind of new to it, so I'm still compiling a lot of things. But uh, it's Dogstar Creative Care.
1: And it's beautiful stuff. Well, I don't know any better way to end this one than but this particular song, is it, and I choke up every time I hear it. But thank you so much, ladies. It was everything that we we oh, were expecting, wasn't touchy, it? Touchy. Thank, thank
5: you. Thank you. We you. really appreciate it. Thank you. Great to thank connect
1: you. virtually. Great. We hope great. you come back again. It was, it was really fun.
5: Well,
1: thank you. We'll do it.
5: Thank
1: you. And That's here all all it is. Wonderful. Our Bye-bye. national anthem. Bye-bye. Here it is. So long.